he is so unique. She is such a breath of fresh air. They are wildly eccentric. You are the most original person I have ever come into contact with. Do you ever feel like, like we could be living differently? And then seven or so seconds of thumb work on the closest device will tell you. Welcome, it was actually to the Any Last Words pod. My name is Earl Lonnie Hooks. Very, very special thanks to everybody that will be joining me today on SoundCloud, Spotify, as well as Apple. The God in me honors the God in each and every one of you. Today, our, our episode is brought to us by originality. And as that is extremely important that I go through these definitions, and I'll speak a little more about that in a second, or in five minutes, I should say, I would like for us to dive into our five-minute meditation. One of the many reasons why I do this is because if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I believe it to be transformative. And another of the many reasons why I do it is because I think that it it sets us up in order to be able to connect on a more profound level as I go through some of my thoughts on the topic today, which is originality. And that is enough said on that. Wherever you are, you can do this eyes closed, eyes open. Five minutes begins now. Bring yourself to focus on the breath. In and out.
mindfulness meditation is a wonderful practice for clearing one's head, fostering the tools necessary in order to be able to look within oneself. And today, we'll be speaking on originality. And you'll see why this is important later on. But for now, bring yourself back to the breath. In this last minute of the meditation, I would like for us to think about how we come here for five minutes, maybe out of our day, to be more mindful and zone in, center ourselves, and just proposition to ourselves whether we would be willing try to do this in all of our practices every day, especially when spending time amongst one another. That concludes our five-minute meditation. As for our topic today, originality. So, I should definitely define this first. And the reason, one, that I like to do that is just because I think a lot of the time people use words and they do not know what they mean. And that serves or disserves, I should say, the objective at hand when having a conversation with someone, especially any sort of heated discussion of any sort. Very many times there are two or more parties having a discussion about something and if there is disagreement, many times it can be tracked back to complete misunderstanding of the word or idea that is being spoken of. 
And so in order for us to found solid ground, and so everyone has bearing and understands what it is we are speaking about today. Original. Definition one, belonging or pertaining to the origin or beginning of something or to a thing at its beginning. Two, new, fresh, inventive, novel. Three, and this is the one that I believe people get hung up on the most. Arising or proceeding independently of anything else. Four, capable of or given to thinking or acting in an independent, creative, or individual manner. The reason I wanted to bring this up is because it's, this is a phenomenon that is important to a lot of us. Originality, the sense of feeling original, the sense of feeling special. And I had to bring this to our attention today because I've received a phone call earlier this year from a, from a loved one and conversation went something along the lines of, Hey, Earl, do you ever realize when you're looking out at people that you start to see clones? You start to see that everyone is really just one of 10 different types of people? And that in and of itself would have been more alarming to me if I had not already thought something similar to that earlier on and had heard that from other people earlier on. So I'm not exactly sure when this seed was planted, when exactly this observation took hold for myself. But nonetheless, it is something to be spoken about. And so I decided I would write something I would write something for us, and it is as comprehensive as I am probably capable of being on or in the realm of originality and how it strikes me. And so without further ado, I would like to read Thoughts on Originality. Okay, here we go. He is so unique. She is such a breath of fresh air. They are wildly eccentric. You are the most original person I have ever come into contact with. Now, allow me to ask you, have you ever been referred to as such? Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. Maybe you don't care either way. 
it could very well be the case that you think originality to be a farce completely. How new can something these days be anyway? Couldn't originality simply be chalked up as ignorance of the individual readily, hastily, marking something as original, when in fact, they just have no real sense of when something actually originated? For example, it could be said that Kanye West gave birth to such an original sound on his album 808s and Heartbreak, mostly due to his unapologetic usage of the autotune effect on his voice. An argument would then most likely rupture the fabric of the conversation in order to aptly remind participants that T-Pain had been doing it for years and is clearly the source of inspiration. And then seven or so seconds of thumb work on the closest device will tell you that it was actually Cher who popularized the effect on her song Believe in 1998. I would not venture to say that there is quite or that there is not quite a heavy shade of truth to our ignorance acting as the crafters of our scope on life. And simultaneously, when certain individuals walk among us and the general consensus stands that they are novel beings in a lot of ways that we may not even be able to grasp or articulate, we stop and say to ourselves, they are one of one. I should pause and respectfully say that This is not a statement from myself to consciously, deplorably neglect the fact that everyone is an individual with their own uniqueness. My mission statement here should be drawn up to read, let's think about why it seems to be the case to us that we meet the same people, quote unquote, over and over again. That is to say that we are so unimpressed by people we meet insofar as what style of dress they choose, how they speak, what they speak about, how they carry themselves, or the general lack of heterodox, unconventional, creative, nuanced thinking that in turn leaves us with the -the run-of-the-mill, everyday, commonplace, hackneyed, and monotonous. And if by any chance you were one of the individuals that proudly declared that one should not care for the awakening of newness at the beginning of this, indulge for a few minutes the brooding bleakness of monotony. So I should stop here for a second and and clarify that Upon hearing, having this this conversation from this loved one earlier this year where they said that everyone seems to be one of 10 types of people and you can very quickly and aptly place them in a box with a bunch of other people that act and dress and do the same exact thing. The reason that I think that we want to stray away 
from this sort of clone activity is because there is so much beauty in oneself. And from what I see, as I stated earlier, this seems to be so important to people because in this sort of society that we work to sustain ourselves and sustain the lifestyles of our loved ones, it matters to stand out from the crowd. It matters to rise within hierarchies of hard work. It matters to be seen in a different light. Allow me to continue. Originally, monotony meant, and in certain domains still does mean, of one tone. You may have had a teacher that spoke like this when you went to their classroom for an hour and a half and was told that you need to listen and learn something, even though the class was nothing exciting to be learning about in the first place. You can see that that's not fun. This is exactly why five minutes in time out as a child was received mentally as every bit of an hour and why as an adult, time in prison can seem like an eternity. We quite fully understand that sameness on all levels and all aspects bleeds us dry of all excitement, of all sense of adventure and beauty, wonder, curiosity, vitality, and pure life force built into the detail that distinguishes one thing from the next. Monotony pilfers the gleam from the eye. It flattens impassioned notes from our favorite songs. It erases the deliberately blended hues and gracefully marked brushstrokes from our favorite paintings. It sashays into the room shamelessly and presents one and only one way of experiencing. The woman that traverses through the restaurant gliding effortlessly with absolute calm and grace as though she was Dracula's bride herself, gone. It is then replaced and reduced to straight and heavily rigid robotic steps. Your friend? that always has to be the one to tell the stories because they just seem to have that innate ability to capture listeners in a pocket of suspension, cultivating desire for more with every passing syllable gone. It is replaced and reduced to, I don't know, seem cool. I had a good time, I guess. I implore you, the listener, to pose the question How has monotony worked itself on to me? The first point that truly strikes me would be the exposure or lack thereof 
to the innumerable amount of things possible of impressing upon us a new lens, a fresh point of contact with and of this abundantly multitudinous space we call our world. This invariably begins at home for the child, and if the guardians, even if they do not have quite the monetary means to greatly diversify exposure for the child, do not succeed in instilling the idea of necessity for eclectic exposure, damage has been done. That child may very well and quite probably grow, never giving thought to why it would be positively transformational and equally transformationally positive to learn a foreign language. Never wonder why or how being around people unlike, or better yet, that disagree with them could ever in any way be beneficial. Never feeling the impetus to look past themselves. As we get older and mature in some senses, but by no means all, the window of hope with its searing light blaring from the other side slowly but surely slips quietly closer and closer to the state of being shut, locked, and with the curtains drawn, inevitably forgotten about. We scroll and scroll through our information-fed tech devices and get fed back a world smaller and smaller with every refresh made just for us. One of the mottos, one of the many mottos wrought forthrightly into the tapestry of my being as a child was broaden your horizons. The village that raised me wanted me to widen my gaze as to foster a full-bodied fashion in respect to how I engaged with the world and I am gratefully forever indebted. On to the second point. The second point that strikes me is our fear to do or say what the herd does not. If the guardian or guardians of a child are not privy to the gravitas of their parental decisions in regards to encouraging or discouraging roaring individualism within the youth, then ignorance coddles the entire family unit warmly with delusion and there is nothing left to discuss. On the other hand, the conscious protectors have chosen the less traveled path, promising of tumultuous terrain and breathtaking vistas for their unit. This second team of adults have opened their eyes to a vision whereby gives opportunity for the youth in question to be adequately socialized. As to be connected with peers on a high level, whilst simultaneously nourishing one's own severance from the pack. This child grows with chance of being able to understand the power of balance 
between having one foot in society for a sense of connection amongst social beings and having one foot out, which allows the extra room to reach outwardly and pull from domains well outside the consciousness of the herd. If the two ideas are integrated gracefully, effectively, then that child is loved, for they reach out of curiosity and out of love, bring back treasure to the herd. Once this firm bedrock is established, the succession of these triumphs followed by admiration and awe from spectators only further champion and consecrate the utility of uniqueness as a virtuous, enchanting, well-worthy-to-be-sought-after attribute. Not a repulsive and utterly useless liability. Confidence arises, and fear becomes nothing but that tinge of excitement before conquering the next feat. Now, child number one, still swaddled cozily, in the blanket stitched together with uncertainty, insecurity, doubt, shame, and envy woven haphazardly by and gifted from the parents. Well, you can fathom the illustration of their life without help from myself. Fear can be stifling, stunting, stupefying. But where one may see fear of looking, another may see opportunity of finding. The third and final striking point for us today is my overall grief for the void in our society in which creatively complex combining of the principles in my first two points should occupy. Allow me to explain using the example from before. Kanye was and is not seen as a pioneer because he used auto-tune on 808s and Heartbreak, and he had been sampling old soul tunes for years by that point. What great creators of all facets seem to tap into is the dynamic integration of drawn inspiration from broad exposure with realized uniqueness, which to my estimation yields something like creatively compelling complexity, i.e. originality. Why I believe we come into contact with so many clones and not so many varieties is because people have no difficult taking from others or sampling from others, if you will. The internet makes it easier than ever. That part of the equation is effortless, although it should again be stated that even this piece is usually happening through a narrow scope. It is the next two steps of adding novelty of oneself and then yielding, rendering, 
that escapes us. As similar as our lives can be, there has never been another you or I in this form, attached with our very specific set of circumstances and vantage points. Every person has something that they and only they can bring to this world, but only under the condition that their most authentic self is found, understood, honed, realized, and then enmeshed with the inexhaustible source of inspiration. No one else could have hoped to make 808s. And that is the point. Find yourself. And so that is my, my comprehensive observational essay on, on originality. I hope you enjoyed it. I decided I would use two quotes today that are going to play the role of my last words for the day. I just happened to come across both of these, one in a book and one sent to me on Instagram. <laughs> and they just happen to be quite apropos of the content today. The first one, supposedly said by someone named Byron, they just put the name Byron in the book as if I was supposed to know who that person was. Maybe they're just a scholar I'm not aware of, I'm certain of it. Since multiform nature is all about us, originality ought not be so rare. We'll all let that one settle in. The next one sent to me um, by a loved one on Instagram was, God gave you a fingerprint that no one else has so you can leave an imprint that no one else can. End quote. Thank you again for joining me on this solo mission <laughs> on the Any Last Words pod. Happy episode 70. I will end this the same way I start them. The God in me honors the God in each and every one of you. Thank you for joining. Peace.